hands to the Lord and give him some praise today. God, I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, God. I wonder right now if you could just lift up your hands and lift up your voice. And just for the next few seconds, the few moments right now before we go into the Word, why don't you give God everything that's inside of you. If you want to clap your hands, if you want to lift up your voice, if you want to lift up your hands. But right now, just focus on Jesus right now. Just say, Jesus, tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you appreciate him. Tell him how much he means to you. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, God. Amen. Amen. If you can feel the Holy Ghost in this place today, why don't you shout hallelujah? Look at your neighbor and smile. Give them a big old Pentecostal Holy Ghost smile. Somebody say, why am I smiling? It makes people wonder what you're up to. Just give them a, a good smile. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight and to feel His presence and to feel His touch. I don't know about you, but every time I come into the house of God, I've got to touch Him. I've got to feel Him. I've got to reach Him. I, I cannot go a Sunday afternoon. I can't go a Wednesday night. I cannot go a normal service time where I meet Him without touching Him, without feeling Him, without hearing His voice, without feeling His hand on my life. If that's your desire, give your neighbor a high five and say, that's my desire. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I feel His presence in this house. I want to read tonight. I want to direct your attention to Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14, starting with verse number 7. Job chapter 14, starting with verse number 7. Job chapter 14, verse number 7. If you haven't, say amen. Uh, If you haven't, say amen. If you don't have it, lift up your head and look upon the screen. Job chapter 14 and verse number 7. Job is writing and he says this. He says... Now, in this portion of Scripture, Job begins this chapter by uh, sounding very depressed. And he begins this chapter, and then he begins to go on. In verse number 7, he says this. He says, For there is hope. Everybody say hope. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again. And that the tender branch thereof will not cease, though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water. Somebody say water. Look at your neighbor and say water is very powerful. Yet through the scent of water it will bud or it will blossom. And bring forth boughs or branches like a plant or like a new tree. Yet through the scent of water, there is hope of a tree. One more scripture. Look at Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 17. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 17. Here Paul is writing, or the writer of Romans is writing, And he is talking and he is giving us different characteristics about God. He's giving us various things that God does. A God of promise. Say promise. 
In Romans chapter 4 and verse number 17, he speaks about God. He says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, talking about a promise that God made to Abraham. Before him whom he believed, even God, look at your neighbor say, this is what my God does. Oh, you got to sound convinced. Look at your neighbor say, this is what my God does. There you go. Even God, who quickeneth, that's a King James $10 word for makes alive, who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Paul writes and he says, this is what your God that promised Abraham that he was going to be a father of many nations. He said, here's what your God does right here. He said, your God does two things. He speaks and He makes alive those things that you think are dead. He wakes them up. He is a God that makes alive and He is a God that makes promises. And when He speaks and makes alive, He says, I'm going to give you now a promise to go with what I've just spoken to you. Oh, I said the world serves a God that will only take their dreams and take their faith and trample it under his foot. But I serve a God that says, what is your dream? What do you want to see done in the kingdom? I'm going to take what you want. I'm going to give you a dream. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you faith. I'm going to give you a promise. Oh, the enemy wants to take the promise and destroy it. The enemy wants to take the promise where God has said it's going to happen and put a question mark behind it and say, is God really going to do it? But my God says, once I have said it, I am going to do it. I'm a God who makes alive the dead, and I'm a God that speaks nothing but promises to my people. Now look at your neighbor say, that's the kind of God I have. I want to preach tonight, if you will help me. How many is going to help me? I want to preach tonight from this subject, taking our title tonight from our first portion of Scripture that we read. I want to preach tonight the hope of a tree. The hope of a tree. Lay your Bible down, close your eyes, and pray with me one more time. And let's ask God to talk to us in this house today. Jesus, I come to you tonight, God, asking you, Lord, that you would touch every mind that is in this place. God, I pray that every ear that is in this place, God, that they would be open to receive your word and your promise. God, I pray in Jesus' name that every individual, God, that is in the sound of my voice tonight, God, I pray that every soul that came in here hurting, God, I pray that every soul that came in here needing a touch from you, God, I pray that every soul that came into this house needing a word from you. God, I pray that no one would leave the same way that they came, but everyone would receive exactly what it was that they came here to to receive from you, what they came here needing of you today. I praise you and I worship you. One more time, would you clap your hands to the Lord and would you... Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. God, I praise you. I magnify. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. The hope 
of a tree. I was preaching a revival without giving any names or any locations to protect the innocent. I, I was preaching a revival one day, and as I began to start every night of this revival, the pastor would get up every night, not to speak disparagingly of pastors because he's not here tonight, but not this one, but this one particular man, he would, he would get up every night and he would open his Bible to Job chapter 14 and verse number one. And he would, he was a wild man and he would take in one hand a tambourine and the microphone in the other hand. And he would shake that tambourine like nobody's business. And he would begin to shake that thing like a crazy man and start to dance around a little bit. And he would quote every night of the revival, Job chapter 14 and verse number one, which is, you don't have to turn there. I will, I will relay it to you because I know it now by heart after listening to it seven nights in a row. I know the scripture that said, he said he would shake that tambourine and shout, and he would say, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. That is how he would begin his revival service every night. I don't know. I I think maybe he thought that was a revival scripture. I'm not quite sure. But Job begins this portion of scripture with this exact sentiment. He begins to lament his life. He says, as I mentioned, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He starts the chapter off under a cloud of doom and gloom. He begins this chapter, is anybody with me tonight? He begins his chapter with a feeling of depression. And he begins to continue in this for about six verses. He begins to lament his condition. He begins to say how terrible everything is and how nothing's going right and how that everything is going wrong. He begins to say how there is no hope in his life and there is no direction for him. But then it is almost as if God stops Job right in the middle of his down in the mouth, right in the middle of his depression, right in the middle of his pity party. God stops the show and says, hang on a minute, Job. It's not time to start thinking doubt. It's not time to start thinking fear. It's not time to start thinking unbelief. Job, right in the middle of your pity party, I am about ready to inject you with some hope and with some faith. If there is ever a message that needs to come across our pulpits every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Friday, it's not a message of condemnation, but a message that says to the world, there is a hope. Because let's face it, we go through hell every week. All kind of negative junk happens in our lives. But let me tell you something. I cannot control what happens to me out there all the time. But I can control what I do when I come in this house. And I have purpose in my mind that jump's not going to affect me because when I walk in here, it's time to praise Him. It's time to magnify Him. It's time to lift Him up. Job comes right in the middle and God slaps him upside the head almost as it were. And Job almost stopped right in the middle of almost trying to write another verse of depression. And he says, hang on a minute, there is hope. He says, there is hope of a tree. In verse number 7, he begins to offer a glimmer 
of reality. He offers a glimmer of, of the reality that is from God's viewpoint. Because many times our reality, God says, I don't see things how you see things. He's, God says this. God says, as far as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He said, I don't see things how you see them. You think it's over, but I say it's just beginning. You think it's down on the bottom and you're a victim, but I see you as on top as victorious. You think of yourself down here, but I see you up here. You think it's not going to take place, but I declare nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. I want to challenge somebody in the Holy Ghost and let you know it's time to quit looking at things through the eyes of doubt and confusion that want to put stuff on you and make you see things through a certain way. It's time to take that off and say, God, I want you to show me not how everybody else sees it, not how I see it, but God, I've got you to show me how you see it. I don't see it through the eyes of doubt. I see it through the eyes of faith. You think he's never going to come to God, but I see him at the altar filled with the Holy Ghost. You think you're never going to get a healing in your body, but I see you walking up out of that wheelchair. Yeah, God, show me how you Because right here, right in the moment, Job on the other side of Calvary, on the other side of the Holy Ghost, on the other side of the church age, I believe that Job, without the Holy Ghost, is trying to reveal to us a desire in the heart of God. Although Job is talking about, in our portion of Scripture that we talked about, he is talking about a literal tree with literal branches and literal leaves like these fake plants up here. These are Pharisee plants. (laughs) Even though he's talking about a literal tree with literal leaves and literal branches, I have a feeling that Job is trying to reveal to us a desire in the heart of God. Say, Brother Ventura, what is that desire in the heart of God? It was this desire that caused him before the foundations of the world were laid to put in plan a motion that one day he would robe himself in flesh and die for the sins of humanity. It was a desire in the heart of God. And this desire was, I love to take something that was nothing, put my hand on it, and make it something. I love to take something that was dead, lifeless, and barren, and speak hope, and speak faith, and speak promise, and watch that thing come back to life again. I'm serving a God that loves to take what you gave up on and say, if you'll put it in my hand, I'll put my spirit on it, I'll breathe into it, and I'll cause it to come back to life again. But you've got to understand, there is hope. What have you given up on tonight? What have you thought or counted as dead in your life? The Bible says that God loves God who quickens the dead, makes alive the dead. One of the things I love about you, well, many things I love about Jesus, but this is one of the many things I love about him. Number one, he never runs anywhere. And number two, he's always going to parties. (laughs) He does his first miracle at a party. (laughs) 
In fact, he goes to so many dinner parties that they call him a wine-bibber and a sinner and a drunkard. That means a glutton and somebody just likes to party all the time. That's the King James word. He, there ought to be there ought to be no club, there ought to be no disco, there ought to be no arena, there ought to be no coliseum, there ought to be no party that is as loud and crazy and wild and exciting and filled with energy like the service we're having tonight. There ought to be nothing in this city that is more exciting. I love to come to church because my church, I don't have to sit there and just listen to When I come into this house, I serve a God that says, lift up your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. I don't serve a dead God. I serve a God that is alive. I don't serve a God that is just barely limping along and barely making it through. I serve a God that is victorious and is able to do everything. God says, I make alive the dead. Everything God touches. Everything, there's some people that have a knack. I don't know why it is, but there's some people that have a knack. Everything you touch falls apart. If it's broken in your house and you're going to go work on it, don't. Because whatever you touch, you've got the reverse Midas touch. Whatever you touch, it like breaks. I don't know what that is. I'll walk up to a display at the store, a big store, and I'll walk up, and I will just barely take a tie off the rack. And all of a sudden, the whole thing falls down and clatter on the ground. Everything, why? Because everything man tries to touch, he always messes up. Come on, you've been worrying about that thing too long, and you have been putting your own hands on it of worry. Why pray when I can worry? You put your own hands of worry and anxious care on it for so long that you tried to touch it yourself and tried to make it all yourself and tried to put your life together by yourself. You went to meetings, you went to counseling, you went to therapy, you went to all different kind of junk and tried to put your hand on it, trying to make it. When God said, if you will just move your hand a minute, I'm about ready to touch it, because everything you touch just goes to pop. But everything I touch. If you'll let me touch it, if you'll let me take a hold of it, I'll speak life and I'll speak purpose back into it. What have you given up on? Let God speak to it again. Put it in the hand of God. Say, Jesus, I'm taking my hand off it. Put your hand on it. Because whatever I touch gets worse. But whatever you touch gets better. And it gets perfect. Job says there is hope, he said, of a tree. He talks about a tree that at one time was fruitful and growing. He talks about a tree that at one time had large, long branches and perhaps fruit coming from the branches and animals and birds got shade and nest in these branches. A tree that probably was a tree that everyone would look at and say, my God, look what God has done. That's a fabulous, a tremendous specimen of a tree. We got trees. We had a tree one time. My wife's a planter. We put a tree in the ground one time, and she's got the green thumb. I don't have anything like that. And we, and we, uh, that's why I don't do yards either. I pay somebody to come and do my yard. I don't do yard. And so anyway, uh, so... We're in the backyard, and as I'm in the backyard, I'm looking, I'm thinking, baby, that tree back there is dead. It's dead. It's, got, it's dead. There's no leaves on it. It's barren. That thing's dead. 
And we're past the season where it's supposed to, you know, it's summer, it's supposed to be alive. That tree is dead. She goes, no, come here. She said, take your finger and scrape the bark right there. See the bark? See that green right there? That tree's still alive. No, it's not, baby. That tree's dead. I don't want to go out and somebody say, hey, man, your trees are dead. No, come here. Take your finger and put it right That's not the kind of tree I want in my backyard. I want a tree that's big and got all kind of leaves on it and everything. That's the kind of tree I want. And no doubt this is the kind of tree that was talked about in Job. Job said, this is a large tree. This is a big tree. This is a wonderful tree. He said, but this tree has been cut down. Somebody, you have to understand who's in charge when all hell breaks loose in your life. Notice Job did not ask why the tree got cut down. He did not ask what disease infected the tree so that it would be cut down. He did not ask what kind of weather came along and blew the tree down so that somebody had to come later and cut it down. He did not ask what kind of poison infected the roots and caused it to dry up and die. He did not ask why it was there. All he addressed was the fact there's a tree that's been cut down. Many times we worry and we wonder and we spend so much time on how it happened. When God said, if you'll quit worrying about how it happened, I'll show up and make it better. But many times we're worried about God. They did this and they did that and they said this and they did that. But God said, if you'll just lay all that junk aside, I can show up. And when I show up, I'm going to touch that thing in your life. He did not address how it got cut down. He just said, it's down. It's a tree that needs water. He said, if this tree be cut down, because even... Even when all hell breaks loose in your life and you feel like, God, the tree in my life, everything that I put hope in, everything I put trust in, everything I believed in, God, now it seems like my world has been shaken. Now it seems like, God, everything around me is dead. Now it seems like, God, I've given up on myself. I've given up on my husband. I've given up on my family. It's just dead. God said, even though you gave up on it, you've got to understand, even in the time when all hell breaks loose in my life, God is still in control. Oh, oh my God, I want to say that again. Even when all hell breaks loose in my life and everything feels like it's been cut down level on the ground, God, I'm dead. God, I'm dry. God, I'm barren. I've got to understand the devil did not make this happen. My Bible says, God speaking, I create light and I create darkness. In other words, when good things go wrong, don't go happen in my life, God is still in control. When bad things go wrong in my life, God is still in charge. God is still on the throne. I want to talk to somebody in this house. You're facing all kind of junk in your life, and you're thinking, God, I've given up. I've lost hope. God just wants you to shout a little bit and say, even though I may be facing an impossibility in my life, God, I still know you're on the throne. He said, if this tree be cut down, he said this, he said, there is hope of a tree 
if it be cut down. He said that it will sprout again. And that the tender branch thereof will not cease. He said, though the root thereof wax old in the earth. Brother Ventura, you don't know how long this problem has been in my life. You don't know how long this thing has been dead in me. You don't know how long this situation has been in my life. You don't know how long it's been there. My Bible says it doesn't matter how long it's been there. It doesn't matter how long the tree in your life has been cut down. God said, I don't care if everybody else has walked by and cursed it. I don't care if the, if the very root thereof is old in the ground or it's been there for a long time. The question is not how long it's been there. The question is how much longer are you going to allow it to be there and get your hand off it and let God talk to it. God said it's not a question of whether or not it's been long dead and it's been a long time there. They told him they said, they said, Lord, Lazarus has been a long time in the tomb. Jesus said, I don't care how long it's been dead. Just move aside that stone because I'm about ready to fix a resurrection. Come up out of this tomb in a minute. God said, I don't care how long the tree of impossibility, the tree of hopelessness has been cut down in your life. God said, move away the stone. I'm about ready to speak to it. It's It's going to sprout again. It's going to bring life again. It shall blossom. He said, I don't care if it's been there for a long time. He said, yet through the scent of water, it will That's the power of water. The power of water says there's no question of if it's going to happen. The power of water says it's not a question of uh, perhaps it's going to happen or if it happens in my life. God said, yet through the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. That word scent in the original Hebrew, it it literally means a moving So it does not matter how long the tree in my life has been cut down. And I feel like, God, I've given up hope. I've given up everything. It's dead in my life. God says, through the moving of just a little bit of water, through the moving of my water. Water is always a type of what in the Scripture? is always a type of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God. God said it does not matter how long that tree in your life has been cut down. If you can get around just a little bit of my Spirit, if you can just get a little bit... If you can get around a little bit of revival, if you can get around a little bit of God's power, if you can get around just a little bit of the moving of the Spirit of God, yet through the scent of just a little bit of water, all of a sudden those things that are dead in your life, when the Holy Ghost moves and breathes on that, all of a sudden they come back to life again. Oh, somebody, what have you given up on? What have you lost faith in? Hold it up to Jesus and say, Jesus, in this house, I got I gotta feel your presence. I gotta feel your touch. I gotta have you move on it. And God says to the moving of my spirit, it will blossom and bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. Because God loves, as I mentioned earlier, God loves to take something that was nothing and speak life back into it. Because when God speaks, 
And he says, I will do this. All I've got to do is hear God speak it. All I've got to do, if either through the preaching of the Word of God, through reading His Word, or through His Spirit imparting to me, all I've got to do is hear God speak it to me. And when God says, I will do this Period. My Bible says God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. God said, have I not said it, and shall I not make it good? Have I not said it, and shall I not do it? Then he goes on and he says, I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Everything that the enemy says is going to happen, you can just about bet the exact opposite is going to take place. The enemy says, I'm going to kill your family. Get ready, revival about ready to visit your family. The enemy says, I'm going to take your faith. Get ready. Faith is about ready to be ignited into you. The enemy says, I'm not going to give you any revival. Get ready and open up your hands wide for the greatest revival that you've ever had. Because when God says it's going to happen, it shall happen. The enemy fights you at the place. The enemy fights you at the place where he is the most vulnerable. Say, all hell's been breaking loose in my family this last week. This last month, it seems like everything's been going wrong in my family. Get ready. God's about ready to bless your family. Oh, it seems like God, seems God, it seems like the devil's been attacking my finances. Open up the windows of heaven. Get ready for a blessing that you cannot contain. Oh, it seems like the enemy's been fighting me in my prayer life because he knows you're just one more prayer away from your miracle. You're just one more prayer away from your revival. Oh, the enemy has been hindering me in my consecration because he knows you're just one more day of consecration away and the vial of tears is about ready to be full and God's about ready to move and say that's it I'm going to move what do you need me to do God loves to take what we've given up on and he loves to speak life back into it there was a man the scripture said that he had been, the musician, please come and help me. The scripture said that there was a man that had come to church every day. And he came to church and he had the same problem every day. He had the same thing in his life. And no doubt the enemy of his soul told him. No doubt the enemy of his soul told him, lift up your hands right now and just reach out to Jesus right now. Close your eyes and lift up both hands right now to Jesus. Close your eyes and just lift up both hands right now. The Holy Ghost is about ready to work right now in this house. The Spirit of God is about ready to speak to somebody in this house. And God says, I'm about ready to speak hope. I'm about ready to speak faith. I'm about ready to speak a miracle in this house. Don't even go to that church today. Don't even try to try to even get out of your condition. Don't even try to to leave that junk behind you. Don't even try it. It's dead. It's hopeless. It's been cut down. It's been cut off. And it's never, ever going to change. Somebody in the sound of my voice tonight, 
You've allowed the enemy of your soul to tell you that same thing. Might as well not even go to that altar today. Might as well not even reach out to God tonight. Might as well not even hold up that thing that you gave up on and put it in the hands and in the lap of the master and say, God, now it's your ball. It's in your, it's in your court. It's your ball now. It's time for you to take over, God. It's time for you to handle it. And he came to church every day, every day, with the same problem, same condition, same situation. And no doubt, no doubt, sister, he thought, I want to go to church again, but I'm going to leave the same way I came. I'm going to go into that life tabernacle, I'm going to that life church again, but... It's going to be the same when I walk out. Same situation, same problem, same junk in my life. But that day, the scripture said the man with the withered hand. Scripture would have us to know that Luke said, the Luke, the physician said that this man's right hand was withered it was drawn up to where he could not use it and he had come to church that day now in the scripture in the scripture the right hand is the hand of power in scripture the right hand is the hand of blessing in scripture the right hand is the hand of the birthright in Scripture, the right hand is the hand of anointing and power and victory. And yet this man comes into the house of God with his victory, with his anointing, with his power shriveled and cut off. And said, it's never going to be right. It's never going to be the same again. But he walked into church on a new day. He walked into service in a new time. He walked into service and there was a new voice in the house. A voice that was saying, anything is possible to them that believe. A new voice that was talking and saying, if a man believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. You have heard it said that it's impossible. But I say with God, nothing shall be impossible. A voice that simply said, have faith in God. And it was that voice that was preaching that day. Not a message of just learn how to live with it. Not a message of just learn how to deal with it. Not a message of just learn how to live with your problem, live with the situation, learn how to cope with it. Not that kind of a message at all, but a spirit of deliverance, faith, and hope. It was that voice that spoke to the man and said, Sir, I want you to step out from everybody else. He said, Come out from among everybody else. And the scripture said, The man with the withered hand stepped out of the crowd. No doubt all eyes were upon him. Doesn't Jesus know? 
This man's been like this for years. Doesn't the master know this? This man's had this thing for a long time. Doesn't this? Doesn't the Messiah know that these roots are old in the earth? The stalk is dead in the ground. This tree has been cut down, level with the ground. Doesn't the doesn't Jesus understand this? And Jesus said, "Stretch forth your hand." Notice Jesus did not tell him, show me your right hand. He was going to leave it up to the man. If the man would have shown Jesus his left arm, everything's fine with this arm, Jesus. This is the arm I want to show you. Everything's fine in my life, preacher. Everything's going okay. Here's the good arm. Here's the good hand. But Jesus said, I don't want to to see what you show everybody else. I don't want to see the facade today. I don't want to see that that face you put on to to hide the tears and to hide the sorrow and hide the shame and hide the pain. I don't want to see that right now. That's for another day. That's for another time. But right now, that's not for right now. Show me the thing I've given up on. Show me that thing you think is impossible. Job, show me that tree that's been cut down. Show me that impossibility. Show me that thing in your life that you think, God, I've forgotten about it and I've left it alone and I thank God it's over. God said, show me that thing right there. And the scripture said he pulled out his right hand and showed Jesus what he tried to hide from everybody else. Because you may think you're fooling everybody else, but Jesus sees everything. He's going to let you get by tonight if you just want to show him that other hand. Everything's cool. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force you. But the man showed his right hand and said, Jesus, here's what I've given up on. God, here's what I think is dead in my life. God, here's my hopelessness. Here's my broken dreams. Here's my broken promises. Here's the divorce that left me embittered. Here's the disease that robbed my faith. Here's the bankruptcy that robbed my trust that you are a provider. Here's my pain that took my victory. And the scripture said Jesus took a hold of his right hand and said, if you'll let me touch it, if you'll let me put it in my hands, And Jesus grabbed it, and the touch of Jesus began to pull. And the scripture said that the right hand of the man became just like the left hand. And the man said, wait, I gave up on this thing. But Jesus said, yeah, but you let me touch it. God, I gave up on this promise. But Jesus said, you let me touch it. God, I gave up on my life. But Jesus said, you let me touch it today. And if you'll let me touch it, and if you'll let me speak to the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth boughs. Like a plant. Stand with me in this house today. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed in this building. Nobody's watching you. Nobody's looking around at you. The power of God is in this house tonight. 
My question for somebody. It's a question I gave as your head is bowed, eyes are closed. It's a question I gave early in this message tonight. What have you given up on? Did you give up on that miracle? Did you give up on that healing? Did you give up on that husband? Did you give up on that wife? Did you give up on that loved one? Did you give up on that revival that God said I will bring to your, your family, to your job? My question is, number one, what have you given up on? And number two, do you have anything left? Because God said, all I need to stop. God said, all I need is what's left over. God said, all I need is just a little bit of faith. God said, all I need is just a little bit of a prayer. God said, all I need is just a little bit of a tear. God said, all I need is just a little bit of worship. All I need is just a little lifting up of your hand. All I need is just a little bit of a voice crying out to me. All I need is just a whisper that would dare to believe me again. And God is speaking to you in this house, sir. God is speaking to you in this house, ma'am. And God is saying, if you'll take your hand off of it and you'll lift it up to me in this house and you'll say, Jesus, here it is. God, here's a little bit of faith I've got left over. Here's a little bit of a worship. Here's a little bit of a prayer. Here's a little bit of a tear. Here's a little bit of the ashes that are left over. God, here's what's left over. Here's the stuff. God, speak to it. Water it. And let me stand back and watch you bless it. And cause it to come back to life again. Lift up your hands right now and lift up your voice in this house. I challenge somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Young lady, the Holy Ghost is talking to you in this house. Sir, the Holy Ghost is so powerfully on you right now. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up your voice. As your your heads are lifted up and your hands are lifted. Is there somebody in this house tonight? You say, God, I need you to speak to this thing again. Say, Brother Ventura, if I come, does that mean I'm a bad person? Does that mean I don't have any faith? No. That means you're a person. It's just God. I don't care. I've got to have you speak. I've got to have you move. Because my pride can keep me in my seat. Or it can drive me to the foot of Jesus and say, God, here's what's left over. And you said, just a little bit of your spirit, just a scent of water, just a little bit of move of your Holy Ghost, just a little bit of revival, just a little bit of faith can move upon it, and it can bring forth bows, and it can bring back to life again. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up your voice. I'm going to ask you to step out right now. Step out right now and say, Jesus, here's what I've got. God, here's my life. God, here's what my, here's what's left over, God. As they begin to sing, God, here's what's left over. God, here's my prayer. God, here's my faith. 
God, here's my life. And God said, I don't care if you gave up on it. I don't care how long it's been there. I don't care how long it's been dead. Give it to me. And I'll speak. And I'll bring life. Come on, take somebody by the hand right now and invite them to step out with you. It's still early yet. It's not too late to receive what God has for you in this house. It's still early yet. Come on, reach out. God will Come on, those tears are a sign that God is speaking right now. Those tears are a sign that God is moving on you right now. Those tears are a sign that God, you may have given up, but God has not given up on you. Yeah, that worship is a sign that God is going to water it. That little bit of a lifting up of the hand right now and that, that heaviness you feel on your heart right now, that's a sign. Come on, give voice to what you feel right now. Begin to praise Him out loud with your mouth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I know you're going to do it. God, speak to it. I know you're going to do it. God, move upon it. I know you're going to do it. God, water it. God, speak to it. God. I know that God. Yeah, don't stop. Let those tears go. Don't stop. Let those tears go. Don't stop. Let that worship go. God's going to do exactly what He said He was going to do. Come on, that's it. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody, let your faith. I challenge you with the Holy Ghost. Let your faith out right now. I challenge you with the Holy Ghost as you lift your hands. Feel the anointing. Feel the healing. Feel the virtue. Feel the Spirit of God begin to move. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Against me.
says, I know just what you're going through. So when you can't see what tomorrow holds and yesterday is through, remember I know the plans I have for you. He says, I know plans I have for you. I know just what you're going through. So when you can't see what tomorrow holds and yesterday is through, I know the plans I have It's not gonna work, 
nothing like the scent of uh, water, as Brother Ventura was talking about, the Spirit of God moving. Amen. You can go ahead and pray as long as you want, but you're dismissed in Jesus' name.